What's up, people? Welcome to the 43rd episode of The Next Bite, and this one's a special one. So, uh, if you didn't know, our partners Weevolver started this student researcher program where students can submit this, you know, the interesting technology they're working on, write articles about it. Verboden and I tried to pick just one that both of us liked, because typically these episodes we've been doing, you know, two or three topics that we thought were really interesting. We couldn't, so... Here's us spitballing off the dome, just stuff that we thought was really interesting. And shout out to all these awesome students who created interesting technology that we're excited to talk about. Roll the intro music. I'm Daniel. And I'm Forbode. And this is the Next Byte Podcast. Every week, we explore interesting and impactful tech and engineering content from Weevolver.com and deliver it to you in bite-sized episodes that are easy to understand, regardless of your background. All right, like I said, we're super excited to get started talking about these you know, really cool things that students are doing. It's shocking me to think that some of these things are just created by a bunch of students. But first, let's talk about our sponsor, Mauser Electronics. Mauser's whole shtick, their whole MO, is helping engineers like you and I to innovate, to create new designs, to solve new problems. And the great thing about Mauser that really ties in with this episode is they start engineers young, too. They sponsor all sorts of student competitions, student teams. Um, I don't know about you, Forbode, but like, did you ever do first robotics? I didn't do first, no. Did you? I did, yeah. So in middle school and high school, I did first robotics. Mauser helped sponsor first. They also helped sponsor college formula competitions. Like, Forbode, you and I actually got to know each other better, helping found the formula team at our university. So shout out to Mauser, just, you know, it it's it's their mission to really empower engineers to innovate and they really stick to it by you know sponsoring students and so if you check out the link in our show notes we'll link you to all these different competitions that spawn that mauser sponsored and now let's jump in to really really interesting stuff that students are doing for do you want to kick us off sure i'll, I'll kick us off because the, the, the one of the ones that i found that really clicked with me ties in with the conversation we had not too long ago about recycling remember we were talking about how we're taking our iphone batteries and swapping it out ourselves and we're like oh it's great and fine and amazing uh so battery recycling is kind of an issue because it's hard to recycle it's dangerous to recycle that thing can blow up shout out to the samsung what the s3 where you the galaxy s3 whatever that you still can't take on planes one of those that you can't take on yeah And I remember the uh, right. there was a MacBook Pro battery that's banned that on was planes like as well. Up. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, bat- batteries are tricky. They're dangerous. They're like essentially little bombs. And uh, this team out of the Technical University of Eindhoven, based out of the Netherlands, is working with Fontis University of Applied Sciences to kind of address this problem of recycling batteries. So let's just get. They had a couple of numbers that I think is important to point out. In the Netherlands, they're only recycling about 24% of the batteries. The rest of them just go to trash. So, like, people throw it away. Yikes. Maybe they don't know any better. Maybe they just, like, think that that's the right way of disposing of them. But when they go into the trash compactors or whatever, those cells are getting pierced and they start causing fires. Fires are no good. Whatever trash you had is now a big hazard. It's a big mess. Think about what a battery does is it stores energy in there. And so when you throw that away and it's just getting crushed, it's releasing all that energy in one go. It's surprising that there aren't more fires and explosions related to batteries. 
And it's made up of hazardous uh, chemicals. Yeah. So you're letting all of that out in the atmosphere instead of disposing of it in the right way. Um, and even in the electronics sector, where they're supposed to be disposing of it the right way, 49 out of the 53 fires they had recently was caused by batteries. So like even they're struggling to, to like process this the right way. And again, it comes down to the fact that batteries are very sensitive. If you poke at them, if you try to shred them or whatever, they start blowing up. And then if they have uh, pressure built up in them and oxygen built up in them, it's hard to put the fire out and they can shoot at parts that blow up other batteries and it's just a chain reaction of a total mess. So that that's the big picture like problem they want to address. And the team has an innovative solution where you put a shredder submerged in water, oh. salt water to be yeah. specific. So the salt water helps discharge any batteries that still have energy in them. And by submerging it in water, you can still do the shredding. And if they start like, you know, firing up the temperature of the water doesn't really change it doesn't blow anything up and you can process it as safely as possible nice so you know when there's a fire you spray water on it in this case they prevent the fire by doing the entire operation underwater yeah it was super cool and the team is called like uh core titan cool name um very cool name you know how i feel about having cool names and acronyms so really nailed that and their tech is like one of those uh I'm not saying simple as to downplay what they did, but simple as an effective and yeah. thought out and first principles thinking. Yeah. So I, I love reading about it and I had to give them a shout out because it, it resonated with like uh, something that I really care about and a topic that we had recently talked yeah. about. Well, so. so that actually kind of links to one of the ones I want to talk about, which is, Shoot. Uh, you know, we're talking about reducing batteries, reducing the amount of electronic waste. Um, there's this company or, Sorry, there's this team of students from ETH Zurich based out of Switzerland, and their nice. team is called Eastling. And I'm not sure if you're Another familiar. Another name, by the way. Yeah. Eastling. Very I'm not nice. sure if you're familiar with Sling aircraft. I'm they're not. they're Easy. like around the size of a Cessna, so like a two to four seater oh. airplane. Um, great for a personal pilot's license, that kind of thing. What they did two years ago is they took a Sling aircraft uh, and retrofitted it to be all completely electric so electric motors all powered with batteries um and this is a student team that did this mind you um and it, was it heavy because i know we've talked about this before and pe- putting batteries on planes makes it heavy and not like ideal yeah well it made it really really heavy but first i just want to pause and say wow these students made a functioning airplane it's incredible it takes uh experts around two to four years to you know, redesign and retrofit an airplane from the ground up and not that students can't be experts, but they're still learning what their expertise is Mm -hmm. and they're able to do this in two years. So on the lower end of what it takes experts to do, and they made a functioning airplane, but then they looked at this, they zoom out, they look back and they say, well, you know, like you, like you just alluded to, it's really, really heavy. There's a lot of electronic waste. If we had electric planes like this and their whole point of doing this is that air travel is awful for the environment. Just a tidbit. It's, you know, kind of easy for you to forget when you get on your plane or whatever and fly that you're actually, you know, you participating in that flight creates a lot of emissions into the atmosphere. So there's this calculator I like to use called ICAO, I-C-A-O calculator. You can look it up and it'll help you calculate the green, greenhouse gas impact of your flights just to zoom out and give you a little bit of context around what's going on. It's not pretty. Wow. Uh, Google Flights actually has that now too. Whenever you're booking your flight, they give you uh, an estimate of your emissions and I try to optimize it whenever you're picking uh, which flight you want to take. Yeah, so this team Eastling 
they they know how much emissions are created from planes. So they want to reduce that. They want it to be more efficient. And they say, well, actually, the most efficient way to do this isn't by having a ton of batteries in the bottom. It's by using a hydrogen fuel cell, which we actually Ooh. talked about in episode eight of our show. So yes, we did. Whether or not they listen to the next bite, they should and check out episode eight and let us know if they liked it. Um, but so it t- has a lower environmental impact. It mm-hmm. is a much lower mass and you know, overall, one of the interesting interesting things that they mentioned is that just by switching from the uh, gas gas powered uh, engines on the plane to electric, eliminated noise pollution by seventy five percent. So it's a lighter wow. plane, it's more efficient, has less greenhouse gas impact, and it's quieter. Which you and I we've talked about this before. We live right by an airport. It's really, really annoying to hear a plane sometimes or even to be recording when a plane goes over it and you can hear it in the background. And from that episode, it impacts your health because it messes up your sleep. Yeah. And it messes your sleep. It can reduce your lifespan. So saving lives in more ways than one. I love that one. Yeah, and it, it, it ties to the other one too, like eliminating the amount of electronic waste that's needed too because you don't need all these batteries in there if you're using hydrogen to power it. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Um, I It looks like we, we kind of had the right idea with ETH Zurich because my next article is also coming out of ETH Zurich. And this is, uh, they call themselves Swiss Loop. So the boring company, which is Elon Musk's uh, company to bore holes, bore holes for, for Hyperloop systems and underground systems, um, had a competition called the Not So Boring Competition. Um, great name. Yeah. <laughs> to, co- to basically challenge students to come up with ways to... Um, Bore disrupt holes. disrupt yeah boring holes and the reason they did it is because hyperloop is like this whole transportation of the future super fast like uh we, we can do long distances in a short amount of time and and what is a hyperloop just in case anyone isn't super familiar with it think of it as a maglif train so that's magnets lifting a train instead of making contact traveling in a total vacuum Okay. So you don't have air resistance and you don't have the, what is it called? The rolling resistance that you get from being on a track. So super efficient, super fast. And most of exactly. these are designed to be underground, which is why you need something that can bore tunnels. Exactly. So boring tunnels is important, but boring tunnels is very expensive, yeah. especially for the paths that these uh, systems are supposed to take. The traditional method, um, I don't know anything about boring holes, so this is all from a quick Google search, requires you to have this like heavy, expensive machinery that's expensive to transport from point A to point B. Um, they're not very good at like adjusting the direction they're going in, so if you want to make loops or anything like that, don't even think about it. And as you're you know, boring the holes, you need to support the structure so it doesn't fall down mm-hmm. on you, and they use concrete, uh, I think it's, they, they call them like tubings or tubbings. I don't know the right thing, uh, the, the right terminology for it. But anyways, it's heavy, it's expensive, it, it's not great. So they challenged these students, and these folks from ETH Zurich came up with this like modular design for a um, a boring machine, where they have the part in the front that's doing the eroding of the rocks, and they have these this like six axis piston in the back doing the steering, so you can take any position you want, like a snake robot. And um, what, what's to me the coolest part about it is that instead of the tubing to support the wall being concrete. They have a 3D printer on board that can use uh, glass fiber laminate and some sort of a polymer mix. Oh, that's uh, sick. To deposit a 15 millimeter thick, so one and a half centimeter, not even a full inch thick layer that can support the structure as it goes. Yeah, that is sick. 
so it sounds incredibly cool. Um, they, they made a small scale version of this thing just to prove their concept. And they're like, yeah, the, what's great about this uh, approach, this framework is that we can scale it up as needed. And that kind of blew my mind. Again, boring at, boring machines sound boring, but the way that these folks put it, it sounded very interesting yeah. and it got me excited. Yeah, that's shout out to these folks at ETH Zurich. Just their student projects killing are it. killing it. Yeah. And I guess I'm going to go on to, to my next one, which I think is our last one we'll be able to fit in this episode time-wise. Um, hyd- I, I guess I just was really, really excited about hydrogen fuel cells. <laughs> Um, subconsciously i just realized this i chose a hydrogen powered airplane before now i'm choosing a hydrogen fuel cell powered car um the student team is called forza f-o-r-z-e um not to be confused with the video game forza which is spelled f-o-r-z-a but uh forza from delft university in the netherlands um they made a hydrogen powered race car mind you these are students that made a hydrogen-powered race car that uses a hydrogen fuel cell reverse electrolysis to power the electronic motors and drive. So reverse electrolysis, let's break that down. So Please do. And it's really breaking down. So um, water is comprised of two hydrogen and one oxygen atom, so H2O. Mm-hmm. You can separate the oxygen from the hydrogen and that process is called electrolysis, and it requires a lot of energy. So basically what you're doing is by removing oxygen and hydrogen, separating the two, you're storing energy in the hydrogen because you have to spend a lot of energy to be able to get those parts to split. So if you have a bunch of hydrogen compressed up in a can, that's basically like a battery because you're storing the energy that it took for you to separate that hydrogen from the oxygen. And so instead of using a battery, in this case, they use a tank of compressed hydrogen. And when they want to get energy out of it, what they do is they allow the hydrogen to separ- to reattach back to the oxygen. And what that does is it generates a lot of electronic power in the process. So the machine that se- uh, allows the hydrogen to attach back onto the oxygen and capture all that power is called a fuel cell. And they use that fuel cell to generate electricity that goes to the electric motors and drives the car. So you're basically emitting water vapor. Yeah, so that that's what's cool is the exhaust that comes out of that is just water. Nice. And like I, I think the Navy uses a system like this for some of their ships, right? Yeah, hydrogen to, fuel to like- cells are uh they've often been talked about as a great uh we did an episode on yeah, that. A, like- a great alternative to battery electric vehicles is hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicles because it removes a lot of the range anxiety around like do i have to wait and plug in my car for a few hours you can refill your hydrogen tank in a few minutes just like you do with gasoline so that's why people are really excited about hydrogen i just want to talk about all the technical challenges that this team overcame because to create a race car that runs on hydrogen is seems nearly impossible for almost anyone but for a team of students it's even more impressive they had challenges with the hydrogen storage they had to create a tank that held hydrogen at 700 bar pressure so super high pressure to hold all this hydrogen and then the problem is when you're operating this car it gets really hot and the fuel cell actually needs to stay below a certain temperature to still work efficiently you gotta do active cooling yeah so they created carbon carbon fiber ducting and a bunch of radiator systems around the fuel cell to make sure that oh air God. was intaked and cooled you know did all the heat transfer calculations and the fluids calculations to make sure that the air passing through would be enough to cool down the hydrogen fuel cell and on top of that they you know 
had to create a car that looked cool, functioned cool, aerodynamically worked well. And the, the so what here, right? So how well did this car work? It goes zero to 60 in under four seconds. Oh my God. Which for context is about the same time as it takes a Mercedes AMG SL65 to go from zero to 60 miles an hour. So this hydrogen fuel cell powered car is blowing out some of the Mercedes highest performance vehicles and it's created by a bunch of students. I know a lot of people hearing this are like, oh, this is impressive. But I feel like us being students that like we're trying to do these uh, these challenges and these competitions, we know what it takes to like try to build this car from scratch just to work as it is with a gas engine yeah. and to go this route to do all that extra work and like innovate. Dude, huge props. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, all, all of these projects and there's even more on Weevolver's website, the student program. We'll put a link to that as well. It is incredible some of the things that these students are doing. I mean, granted, that, that's why we love these competitions, right? I, I'm best. only six months removed from being a student in college, and I'm still blown out of the water at some of this. I think I'm even, you know, being having been a student so recently. I'm not sure if you feel the same for Bode. I'm even more impressed by the team. I think than I would if I was removed by a few more years. The fact the fact that they're doing these interesting things and they're meaningful and the so what right zero to sixty in under four seconds, uh, an electric plane that. Uh, eliminates news noise pollution by 75 percent i mean a functioning underwater battery shredder and a boring company type thing swiss loop that can dig holes underground and 3d print the supports as you go all this is incredible and there's so much more on weevolver's website too and look i i don't miss the uh, exams or the long hours of just studying in the library of like trying to just take two chapters of physics and shove it in my brain but this kind of stuff getting with a small team of like really amazing dedicated people and creating cool stuff with limited resources that's what i miss you know what maybe we'll just like drop out of work and go back to school again yeah, who knows i don't know maybe <laughs> that that's the ideal retirement right after we retire is to just be a student forever and learn things and make cool stuff that's the goal man that's the goal well this was a great episode we'll link everything that we talked about in the show notes and we'll link the article that has all these competitions in there too so you guys can go through it if we had more time we would have covered more uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. We hope you liked it. We hoped we hope we helped you stay informed with the cool things that the universities around you are doing. Yeah, and for all these students that are doing interesting things, keep doing them, keep documenting them. We've all loves to publish them. We like to share them on our podcast. And if it's your first time here, we'd appreciate if you hit subscribe or that follow button so that you can hear more of our uh, episodes where we talk about interesting and impactful technology, just like the ones that these students are developing. Thanks, guys. Peace. That's all for today. The Next Byte Podcast is produced by Weevolver. And to learn more about the topics we discussed today, visit Weevolver.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please review and subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or one of your favorite platforms. I'm Forbode. And I'm Daniel. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.